0: You're listening to episode 67 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about the emotions around that beginning stage of caregiving when there are some nerves and some anxiety around what is to come. So we're going to walk you through what's that like, how maybe you can reframe it and live in the moment so you don't have to get overwhelmed when the first signs or the first crises start
1: to happen as a caregiver are you stressed burned out and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent if you
0: are this podcast is for you here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing and most importantly supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors
1: you're not alone Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome back.
0: It's Melissa and Robin here for another episode, and Robin. I was thinking after our episode last week where we were talking about the role reversals and, and Mother's Day, we, we, we kind of touched a little bit on how people deal with, I don't know, the responsibilities that are, that are at hand when caregiving. And it made me think of what I tend to see a lot in the beginning stages of caregiving. And that's this what I like to call anticipatory dread of what's ahead <laughs> where all of a sudden, just like a huge wave catches you off guard and washes over you. And you feel like in that moment, Oh my goodness. What, what in the world is ahead of us? You know, it could be a crisis moment. It could be that, that blink of an eye where you see something you're like, Oh no, no, dad's got memory problems or 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 mom is is frail and oh no they're old like all of a sudden they're old and, and it's all on me. I think we deal with that all differently but it is this giant sense of dread and I don't know Robin if you remember when that happened with you on your caregiving journey but I think there are some ways that that we can talk through that people tend to approach it differently but but tell me a little bit about your experience and if you feel like you can identify that moment.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think I've said it many times, either in the blog or on, on this podcast, is that I didn't want to do it. And I've got a friend who's going through it right now. And that's her same feeling. Doesn't mean that we loved, for me, loved my mother any less. I just didn't want to go through all the ups and downs, the heartbreak, the, the hard work that it took to become a caregiver. So I did dread and You know, often we work things up in our heads and our minds. And it's 10 times worse than what it actually could be. And I think we do that to ourselves. So as we all know, the way I handled that is I probably jumped on the boat a little bit too soon and started making preparations before it was even time.
0: Did you have a moment in time, like almost a snapshot where you're like, Oh crap, (laughs) it's here.
1: Yes. When um, my mother's friend told me that she was having memory issues Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then I immediately kicked into high gear and what are next steps? So, and I realized that I would hear it on the phone, but I didn't know if it was just because at that point, she just, it'd been a week and she didn't remember if she told me or not. So I sort of blew it off. But when you're in there with her and she's asking the same things over and over, you can absolutely see what's going on. So I do remember him telling me, and I thought, man, I don't want to do this.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm going to do it all alone type situation.
0: Well, Robin hits on one of the tendencies that we have, that we can have, and that's the And I want to get to that one actually a little later, Um, but that's the, oh my gosh, jump in, take over kind of tendency. But the other two are denial. So you see it, but then you convince yourself you don't see it and you start to turn a blind eye to it because you don't want the responsibility that goes along with that. I'm sure we all have Maybe experience it to some degree, like on those phone calls. Do you think to a little bit there was like, nope, 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 nothing to see here. I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing.
1: Well, and I just made that excuse straight out to you. of, Oh, it's because it had, hadn't been a week or it hadn't been this or she's on that. And I think with that, I do think a lot of folks think, oh, well, she's not that bad. And, you know, the funny thing was, and this was different, but it was hearing because my mom's friend could not hear. So mom could not hear as well, but she would play the TV on volume forty nine fifty. And then when we would complain about it, she would say, but you should see, he does it on 60. Mm -hmm. And I think in couples, sometimes it tends to be that, well, your mother seems to be forgetful. Well, you're forgetful too. You know, so they go back and forth. You're not sure who to believe. You're not really witnessing it on a daily basis, but you're thinking, not my mom. My mom's yeah. too healthy for this. And, and you know, there's lots and lots of healthy people out there with dementias walking around. Right. And so it, it is sort of a shock to the system.
0: And and I think sometimes that goes in line with not my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: I don't have I don't have time to dig into this. No, no. If if this was a big deal, it would be very clear right now. So I don't have to worry about it right now. So I think right. that the denial sometimes is a, a coping mechanism, maybe a survival mechanism, but it's a, do I really want to be going and pulling up the rocks to see what's underneath? Right. It's like, why don't we just let things be exactly as they are and I'm not going to worry about it, which living in the moment is there's something to be said for that, but denial denial can be somewhat problematic if if it comes from a place of fear, which most of the time denial comes from a place of fear
1: right so and to say that, I was thinking as well the in the beginning, denial may not be that bad of a thing because it may not be that bad, but it's also if you're denying it, you're not preparing yourself to move forward. But we have many families that we've worked with that, right up until the end. They're in denial. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets scary when it becomes a safety issue for a family or when it becomes, um, just that they're straight out, not facing the facts and taking care of situations. Then it becomes an issue. And it also, I think people I've had people just turn around and say I just can't believe she passed. Well, mm. she was on hospice and she's battled this dementia for many times. At some point they go all the way to the end and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. But I th- I think a little bit of denial is okay as you start out because you it is an unknown. It is a fear. You don't know what you're facing and you don't know what you're coming into. So you know, If that's what you have to do to get you through a situation, I think that's great as long as you surface and refocus.
0: Yeah. And I can see where the denial can actually be a part of questioning and constantly questioning and being mindful of the moment. Okay, this happened. Is, is it is it as bad as I think it is? Do I need to overly think about and, and Do I need to bubble wrap them essentially, you know, and it's like, no, maybe they're, maybe they're okay, but it is something to be mindful about, which comes into, so another way a lot of people tend to, and this happens in sibling groups a lot, is that it's like a hot potato and they're just tossing it to each other it's like, Oh, not my problem. You know, Oh, I'm too busy, or I'm out of town, or I'm this or that here you do it. And that hot potato um, technique usually gets, like, let's say, most of the siblings off the hook, but then it lands on one sibling to take the brunt and do most of the work on themselves. But that hot potato is definitely something that I see play out quite a bit.
1: Well, and and often it it goes back to your roles in the family and, and how you are personally and emotionally. And my sister never recognized that my mom had dementia. My brother did. And of course I did. But it was interesting to watch that because I would say, well, I think you need to go by and check that. Da, da, da. Well, I don't think she's fine. I saw her yesterday. She was just fine. She did such and such and such and such. So a lot of that is the avoidance of, of taking the responsibility, but also it goes back to the denial of this one doesn't think so. And so you do spend and talking about time management. We spend a lot of time wasted trying to convince others that it's real. Well, do that you think situation. That the,
0: the convincing is part of, it's not my problem. Like, for example, does denial help the person not have to take responsibility?
1: So then pass the
0: potato, pass the responsibility just to somebody else?
1: It could be. I think in my sister's case, she didn't want to face the fact that mom was going to die.
0: Mm-hmm. So it and could that, be that very it was, layered. It was
1: something very serious. Yes, because yes. she also had heart issues. And so I think she didn't want to face end of life situation. And so she was willing to do anything, but she never recognized that there was, it was a very serious situation.
0: So the layers of potentially fear around the extra responsibility and the stress, the layers around the grief around taking care of your dying loved one and saying goodbye. Yeah. So how we deal with it is multifaceted and very lots of layers which goes to the other or, you know, I mean, we today are just talking about three, I'm sure people can come up with other tendencies and how people respond when they first get that wave of anticipatory dread. And so we would encourage you to check on our Facebook page and add other suggestions to the community there. But the last one that we want to talk about today is the uh uh-oh takeover. It's my I'm up I'm going to get in there. I'm going to bubble wrap. I'm going to take over. They can't, they can't be independent anymore. I'm now, I am now officially the caregiver.
1: This is so funny. We we've been working with a family recently and they have talked to us separately. So it's the daughter and then it's the parents. And uh, the mother is the one that has an illness. The father is her caregiver. And then, the daughter lives down the street. Well, it is so interesting because the parents are complaining that the daughter comes by too much. They don't want her there. They want her away and gone. And then on the other hand, the daughter is complaining about, she has to be at mom's house all the time to help. And it's so interesting to watch that dynamic. And um, in this case, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I would side with the daughter. But um oh,
0: that's so funny because I was thinking I'd side with the parents. Well,
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, with this whole case, the parents are in denial. You do
0: know him better than I do. I, I only know what you right. just said to us.
1: <laughs> but um the parents are in denial, and the daughter's mm. trying to bring them around. So it's it might be a little bit of bubble wrapping, but and maybe it was a year ago. At this point, it's not, mm-hmm. and so, but it's just interesting to see it from both sides and to be pulled back and forth. And of course, you know, as you're sitting there as a counselor or anything going on, you, you think, okay, which which one, which one is salting it, and which one is telling the truth? And so, it is interesting to hear all sides of of the situation. And and as I said earlier, I jumped in and did a lot of things too soon, and I think we we tend to hear a diagnosis and think it's going to happen immediate. And a lot of illnesses um, don't, they they go for years and years and years. So it is a part of pacing yourself. And as we've always said, meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. If, if this I, is what they need today, this is what you do.
0: Right. And I think the, the key to it is, is grounding yourself in the now with Mindfulness, you know, with intention and questioning to say, today, is are they okay today? Do I have to be stressed and overly protective today? And if not, then you can step back, right? You can give yourself a little bit of space. And we've talked about this recently about the crisis. Do you need to call when the crisis settles down? It's just every day check in with like, what is driving me today? Is it fear? Is it intentional caregiving? And if it's the intentional caregiving, you know, that's a much better place to drive from than the fear.
1: Right. I think though we have to be cautious of, um, let me think, Driving, maybe, as an instance, which we, we've talked about how driving can be so scary. But they may not be at a place that, oh, my goodness, they have a dementia diagnosis. Let's take their license. You may not be there. So you you sort of have to play that and ride it out and be that detective and see when it's appropriate. But, yeah,
0: I- you know, you bring up a really, really good point, Robin, is that maybe part of like, oh, my gosh, I have to take over everything maybe what you need to do is strategically focusing on the priorities first. If if the, the the scariest and most important thing for their safety and other people's safety is driving, maybe you don't need to be nitpicking them about their diet yet. There you go. So maybe That's you great. don't think I've got to do this avalanche of care and responsibility. I've got to take it all over now. Maybe what you do is you take a breath and start to – Focus on the most important issues first and getting those solved because, yeah, if you're going to be picking on them on everything, then you're going to lose every battle.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, we've talked about how we compare this journey to raising a teenager and think about that. How often they say, "Let you know, pick your battles. If they want to wear jeans with holes in them, that's okay. Who's that hurting? you know, those mm-hmm. type things. So it, it's very similar in the caregiving world is you're right, pick your battles, it may not be that important. And remember to check yourself that it's important for your loved one, not important for you. Okay. That's another whole rabbit hole.
0: Yes, yes. So essentially today, I think it's this would be um, a reminder to sit down with yourself and question where am I? Am I the sibling that may be tossing the potato to somebody else? And and do I need to be a better team member on this journey? Um, Am I in denial? Do I need to educate myself so I'm not so scared about the situation so that I can be more present? And then am I bubble wrapping too much? And do am I overwhelming my loved one and and, um, causing friction and distance? Do I need to? Be more present in the moment, focus on what's most important and tackle those issues first. All of these are just ways to be more grounded and more effective on your caregiving journey. Absolutely.
1: And then you can be an empowered caregiver.
0: Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) All right. We'll check in again next week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.